The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. We were on the road with the Rough Riders. Joe Womack was our strength coach, and he was rooming with Ron Este. I'm coming down the elevator with Joe Womack, and he is man, he is so mad. And I'm like, what's wrong, Joe? And he goes, you wouldn't believe what Este did. He's in his underwear, and he emptied the mini bar. Smarties and the Kit Kats, thinking it's free, thinking it was a gift basket. And Joe looks at me, it ain't fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, it is. And it's hour two. And thank you for tuning in wherever you may be tuning in from. And however you may be tuning in. Game Plus TV. Key Radio down there in Atlanta where we've had uh, a lot popping today. at Key Radio, your southern home of sports and talk. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. That's where you're finding us. And I'm in the Florida studio. Moose is in the Toronto studio. We had a nice little... Leafs update there with James Roberts last hour from the uh, podcast um, Offside Hockey Talk. So a few things, Darren, where we don't strictly stick to sports talk here. We just we have more time. And I just want to say that movie reviews, Landmark Cinemas is one of our longest partners, longest serving partners on this show. Landmark Cinemas all across Canada. They uh, sponsor our show. And so I went to Argyle. Because I thought it looked really good. I like Samuel L. Jackson, and I like Brian Cranston, and I like John Cena. I thought the movie was awful. It's, have you seen Argyle, by the way? Have you seen it? I, I have, yeah. Did you like it? I did. I did. But it was one of those movies for me that the way it started, I don't want to ruin the movie, but the way it started and kind of where they went with the plot. I thought it was going one way, and then they switch, and it was going another way, and I'm like, ah, this isn't what I thought it was or what I kind of was hoping it would be. And then I stayed till the end, and I ended up really liking the movie. Well, maybe I didn't give it enough time. But, you know, I did pay for it. I didn't have my little movie card that gets us in for free, and I still walked out. I was sitting there probably halfway through, going, my popcorn's gone, my Twizzlers are gone, my Diet Coke's gone. I'm either going to go need a refill or just leave. And I'm not really enjoying this anyways. I mean, like, when I read these trailers, or uh, what do you call them? Teasers? When I read them on here? They're never anything like what the movie is. I'm like, are we talking about the same? And it was, I'm like, this is another spy movie on a bullet train. Insert your own ending. Do you know what I mean? Like, was I in the right theater? Did you, was that the movie that you saw? The redheaded girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was at the right one. Okay. There, okay. I, I don't know. Did yeah. you get to the big twist? No. I don't think okay. so. Well, there is the big but twist. I'm also. But yeah, they got to get your attention really well, fast. But that movie me. doesn't do it. <laughs> no. I'm, a, I'm an adrenaline junkie, a squirrel. What? And, and the other thing is, unless it's Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, I'm not going to go down for, you know, a motorcycle goes, whoosh, uh, 
40 yards and back and up and out and, more and spin around. You know what I mean? Like this couldn't happen in real life. So why am I watching it here now? You know, it's almost a sci-fi meets spy meets bullet train. Seen it a bunch of other times in other movies. Goodbye. <laughs> so I can't like every movie. So I'm just being right. honest. Two thumbs down from the Monday morning goalie. We'll come back and visit a little, revisit or visit the movie uh, Bob Marley's, because you went to that the other night, but we are not Siskel and Ebert. Although, did those guys ever have the world by the cojones? Woo. Go watch movies and talk about it on national, international television every Saturday. What a great life. Um, I'm just dropping in some comments from everybody. Leftovers from hour one. Richard is watching in Edmonton. And regarding Arlen Bruce's son, who's facing a lifetime ban from the CFL for betting on games while he was in the NCAA, like, say it out loud. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I said, how long is the kid going to have to pay for this? And Richard in Edmonton says, Pete Rose is still paying for his gambling. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> right? Yeah, he is. But sins committed as a teen are going to follow you for the rest of your life. That's awful to me. Do you want to take a swing at whose side you're on on this? Because I'm upset at the CFL for not signing the kid. But that's just me. Who's yeah, and on? that's where I lean too, because we're we're both second chance people. And how long is long enough? And what's best for the league? Um, I guess in the short is I don't have enough information, you know, and, and to know exactly the league hasn't come out and said from what I've seen, why they haven't honored the contract or voided it and what their official stance is, but, but it's not good. Do they need you know, to? no. And if the, if the kid is getting interest from the NFL, not that you want to turn a blind eye to everything, you don't want to do that. But at some point the player has served his time, right? At some point he served his time. Well, his college eligibility ran out while still serving the penalty for the wagering on his team's games uh, while at Iowa. But I can tell you what, if the CFL is not going to sign him, I would be stunned if the NFL would allow any team to sign him based on where they're at with gambling. But that's my take there. And, you know, the older I get looking back, and let's remember these are all young men, I look at and he's real young, but I look at Johnny Manziel. CFL allowed Manziel in. Look what that idiot said on the weekend. Did you see the headline of Johnny Manziel, how he's lost 40 pounds? Did you see? Because it was all over my timeline. Johnny football. Yeah, I didn't know if it was real or not. I'm sure it was. Manziel brags uh, he lost 40 pounds on a cocaine diet. Way to go, Johnny. Way to go. You blooming idiot. And then Chad Kelly with Toronto. I mean, I don't know the bottom of that. I had a guy call me on Saturday. He goes, do you want to know the inside of that? I'm like, no, I don't. Goodbye. I don't want to know. But what I'm seeing is there are a lot of guys that are getting second chances and blowing them. And maybe they're just not willing to afford Arlen Bruce the fourth that second chance. I think it's disappointing. But there's a lot of guys blowing it that aren't making, aren't, uh, making it good for people that are advocates of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. Kelly McDonald writes in, he is watching in the Queen City. He says, happy birthday to number 80, Donald Narcisse.
My favorite about all-time um, American Rough Rider. See what I did there? American Rough Rider. Do the narco dance. That was always the that best. That was so great back in the day. And then the Flames fans are alive. We haven't heard from them forever. Trevor in Red Deer writes, and he says, Good morning from snowy and cold Red Deer, Alberta. Woot, woot to the Flames for the huge 6-3 beatdown of the orders on Saturday. Hannafin's stock went way up. Looking forward to seeing how the trades will work out once they happen. And then this guy, Greg Martin in Calgary, wrote in uh, last hour. He says, I can't believe you didn't mention the Flames beating the orders as part of our weekend leftovers or whatever. Well, number one, it was two nights ago. It's pretty focused on what happened yesterday. And I'm like, come on, Flames fans. Now, now, you guys all want to, na 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 boo boo, RT1. And yet, most of the year, they're sitting there complaining about how crappy they are in Fire Huska. Trust me, I see the mentions. Against my own peril, I go into the Flames Twitter and Facebook posts and see how pissed off people are in Calgary. But they win one game. Or in this case, I think they've won three in a row. Or the Battle of Alberta. I mean, there's something to be said for, you can lose. Actually, Ken King said that to me. We could lose every game all year, but as long as we beat Edmonton, our fans are happy. Yeah, Ken, well, maybe that's the problem that you have. Kelly Rempel says it many times, and I'm hoping to get him on the air here tomorrow, the Silver Fox. If you're not contending to win, if you're not a front runner and a contender, then you should be scrapping everything and doing whatever you can to become a contender to win. Because Calgary is not in the echelon of the Colorados and the Rangers and the Vegases. They're not. There's like legit, a legit, Darren, 10 or 11 teams that could win the Stanley Cup. And there's probably 15 that think they will. Flames aren't one of them. So why are you hanging on to these guys? And why are you celebrating a Saturday night win at Edmonton that really doesn't mean anything? That's my take on that. You? Yeah, it's, it's a tough spot because the more they win, the more that the fans will want them to go in and, and add pieces and try and contend. And you got to be careful because, you know, largely it could be false hope and, and likely is false hope. And that's a hard thing to, to, you know, come to terms with. When you see a team winning, you see them beating Edmonton and you, and you think, okay, we did this, we played really well. And now we think we can do it every night. It's just not the case. You know, um, we've seen San Jose win some games this year. Doesn't mean they're going to do it every game. Doesn't mean they're going to do it in a playoff series. It makes it really tough. So this is, a, this is just making the Band-Aid a lot harder to rip off, but it still needs to be ripped off. Well, and I, listen, now isn't the time, and this isn't the show for this. But when I see people arguing about what's a real fan and what isn't, like when Jock Wilson came in here on Friday, which incidentally he was the rock star of the day on Friday, Jock Wilson, saying the Flames are the biggest idiots on the planet if they trade Jacob Markstrom, people were writing into our social media channels, Flames fans saying, no, 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 we want to get rid of him. We don't want to have a number one goalie. We want to tank it. And in a weird, perverse way, I get it. That doesn't mean that you are... Not a fan of your team. You want to tank it, skid as much as you can, get a first-round pick back. I think that's in the Toffoli trade. If they finish in the bottom 10 or whatever, 
and finish as low as you can to have a chance to win the lottery. So, and that's your way of cheering for the team. That doesn't make you any less of a fan than the, these guys that are celebrating beating the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night 6-3. It doesn't. Cheer for your team however you want. Um, news out of Toronto today. Uh, Robert Campbell in Las Vegas, who came to our Super Bowl party, and thank you, Robert, for that. Cool dude, by the way, Robert Campbell. He says, Rasheed Bailey signs with the Argos, veteran receiver. He says, who's going to be throwing him the ball? Rhetorical question. We're not going to answer that because we don't know the answer. Um, regarding the Arlen Bruce the fourth thing, not, you know, signing with the Edmonton Elks at the CFL, then having the CFL void the contract, not giving a reason, but we think it's because of his gambling violations in college football. Jason and Red Deer writes in and he says, I would think a league desperate for increased viewership would get over themselves and sign AB4. And I'm like, yes, but... Okay, thank you, John Chan. I'm not sure where he is. I think he's in Winnipeg, though. Somebody uh, clarify this for me. He says, how will Gary Bettman handle his Tuesday meetup in Winnipeg? Which city will he threaten to move the Jets to? Thank you for changing topics on this. Because the news dropped on Friday. The article came out Friday morning about uh, Mark Chipman saying it's not sustainable long term what's happening with ticket revenue in Winnipeg. And then we went into the weekend. We never really had a lot of, plus it was football Friday, so we didn't spend a lot of time on it. So, and then Bettman's meeting, what, with the Jets today in the media? Is it because of Chipman's comments Friday? Was this a pre-scheduled thing? Because I got to think Bettman's schedule's planned like at least a month in advance. Either way, either way, how do you think Gary Bettman handles this? It's not a tempest in the teapot. It's like a, it's a grenade that Chipman threw, pulled the pin on, and he's just holding it, deciding what to do with it. That's what happened on Friday, I think. In Winnipeg, what do you think he does? Yeah, it's an, it's a delicate situation, and you know, there's no more delicate situation than pulling the pin on a grenade and having it in your hand, wondering what to do. That's pretty delicate. Um, Gary Bettman, I think, has to come in and probably calm the waters a little bit, um, especially since they moved him out. I don't think he's going to come in or or should come in and start threatening and throwing around threats about where to move the team and. You know, if you guys, and blaming the fans, you know, I don't think that's an option. But I think, you know, you can continue to sound the alarm bells and say what the real concerns are that, you know, in this market, you need fans to show up, you need revenue to keep the team around, but we're willing to work together. That's what we want to hear that the league is, as if you're a Winnipegger, you want to hear that the league is interested in keeping the team in Winnipeg. I think that's what you want to hear from Gary Bettman. So he's going to lie, well, which is a commissioner. So, okay, number one, John Ohm. Ohm writes in in all caps. He says, the Jets are not moving anywhere soon. See how you've had to add a word to that phrase? John used to say they're not moving anywhere. Now you've added soon. Jeff, the Stams fan, says Jets fans better start taking this seriously instead of denying the problem. And John Ohm also writes in and says, Bettman is meeting with season ticket holders, media, and team officials. 
Okay, this has got the comments going. Thank you. See, that's the thing. To sit and talk about the Flames beating Edmonton, not that interesting to me. Nelson, I mean, in most, I get that you're excited, but it doesn't mean anything. Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, says it's wild how the NHL treats Winnipeg's ticket sales differently than Arizona's whole existence as a franchise, which ironically happened because of the previous Jets. Nelson, you didn't read my 10 things column on the weekend, so for those that didn't, I'll save you the time. Everybody's comparing what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets now with what's going on with the Arizona Coyotes now. It's what's called whataboutism. What about them? What about them? And as we say in the counseling world, or my parents would yell at me, we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. Alex Marillo, the owner of the Coyotes, is not whining about lack of funds. He's not whining about the lack of attendance or a small arena. He's never threatened or rung the alarm bell one time in Arizona. Not once, because you know why? He doesn't need to. And by the way, people coming back at me saying, David Thompson, the majority owner, or whatever he is of the Jets, he's worth $45 billion. He's got more money than Morello. I don't care. Do we, am I speaking another language, Darren? Should we put subtitles across the bottom, or like, like text? <laughs> Rich people didn't get rich by throwing their money away. And I said it last week, but I'll say it again. I've never met a rich person that doesn't put themselves first. So they're not going to sit there while the water goes up and up and up and up on the Winnipeg Jets. Like They're not going to do that. They're not going to absorb the losses. I've known NHL owners that got out. I'm not going to say which ones, but I'll never forget. Sitting with one who told me that he lost 50 million, 50 million U.S., the year before on his 50 million US. He said it like you and I lost 50 bucks, but he's like, I can't do this forever. And a few years later, he sold the team. He's like, I don't care how much money you have. You can't keep losing money like this, like he was with his team. So I know these Winnipeg fans want to cover their ears and blah, 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 no, 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 and ignore the problem. And it's not even their problem. There is a guy here in South Florida. I won't say what town, because some people might know him from Winnipeg, and I was with him on Friday. And he goes, the socioeconomic issues of the city of Winnipeg are real. Everybody knows them. He goes, it's a larger upper class, and it's gotten to be a larger lower class. And it's not sustainable to support an NHL team. They got a lot of problems in Winnipeg that, that have nothing to do with an NHL team. And the economics just aren't there to support a team with salaries going up and up and up and the cost of having an NHL team. That's just the way that it is. And that guy in Arizona, he didn't care about any of it. He, he's got more money than God. He's not worried about losing his team. So stop comparing your situation in Winnipeg to what's going on in Arizona because it's not comparable. We need to break. That's the bell. Saved by the bell, Darren. We'll be right back. And on well the way, Josh gets off the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Everything I've worked for, everything I've sacrificed, has led to this. It's out of your hands now. All the gold medals in the world can't help you now. You can throw the perfect rock and still miss, but it just takes one. You leave it all out there on the ice to leave behind a legacy. 
Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, everybody. The RP Show continues. It's hour two, and man, we are, we're in one. I'm not sure whether that's good or bad, but hey, uh, in case you didn't hear, where's my bell? Oh, I dropped it. Right. Rachel Holman of Ontario won the Canadian Women's Curling Championship Sunday night in Calgary with a dramatic 5-4 win over Jennifer Jones of Manitoba. And with that, JJ is retiring from women's curling. Thanks to all those who watched this show and purchased tickets because of it. And now you can meet the Briar and Regina along with the RP show. We'll be broadcasting live from the Brand Center. You can get your tickets at curling.ca slash tickets. And coming up tomorrow, Benny Hebert will be with us from Team Botcher, previewing the Montana's Briar in the Queen City. This show today, Darren DuPont, has been more fun than planned, and it's always fun. And something that just came to my mind earlier was, what's the one movie that when you see it on your channel grid, your channel surfing at home, you always stop and put it on when you see it. You hadn't planned to watch it, but it's on, so you're going to watch it. And for me, it's Hangover Movies 1, 2, and 3. And there are others, but that came to mind first. Michael at Ice Time Sports in Winnipeg writes in. He watches us every day on Game Plus TV in his store. Hey, Michael. He says, White House down all day. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I can't, who's the guy in it that I, I joke call him Captain America? I can never remember. Chan, Channing, Chandler Tatum? Isn't he in that? Channing Tatum. Yeah, Channing Tatum's in it. Channing right. Tatum? Yeah, White House Down. That's a good one. Have you thought of any more? People have said earlier, Dumb and Dumber. Of course, you always stop and watch that. And they're all good. Forrest Gump. Yeah, they're all That's good. Why they keep replaying um, them all you the know, time. Liar, Liar was the one that I've... <laughs> and the reason is, like, I don't sit and surf movies at home it's netflix it's amazon it's those you know the streaming services so you flip through but whenever i'm on the road in the hotel you flip on the tv and the guide and, and what comes on right it's usually an old movie like that that's usually uh usually pretty good yeah there's a lot uh steven from north dakota writes in and he says, greetings and no hallucinations from sunny North Dakota. I enjoyed the dry humor in the movie Argyle. Approved. There was, Approved. There was humor in the movie Argyle? Honestly, there was humor in it? I didn't find it funny at all. I, I'm not surprised, though, that Stephen from North Dakota does, because there's been many times we've been out where he says things and I stare at him. That's not funny. <laughs> And as a matter of fact, if you, if you keep up with his jokes, these jokes, you're going to get us kicked out of this place that we're in. It's a long story. Um, when I say we're in one, it has to do with the Winnipeg Jets' financial situation. And it's, 
said it last week, I'll say it here again. Are people listening to this? I don't mind talking about the painful things that people don't want to talk about because they're too painful. I do it for a living in the recovery industry as a licensed and certified interventionist and recovery coach and addiction and mental health recovery coach. I'm okay talking about this. I know you're not, but we are. We need to get it out. And John Chan, who started this whole conversation, writes in. He says, I fully agree, Rod. David Thompson is in this to make money. It's not a charity. And yet, that's the one thing with the public. They think, oh, they're going to take care of us. They're going to take care of us. No, they're not. And you'll realize that once they stop and take the team away. Uh, Jason in Red Deer, with, or, uh, sorry, Jason in Winnipeg, regarding Gary Bettman's meeting in Winnipeg today. And folks, is it, can you tell me when it is? Uh, do you know, Clark? Is it this afternoon? Is it tonight? Either way, Jason, yeah, he doesn't, none of us are aware. Let us know when Bettman is meeting with the, with the people in Winnipeg. Jason writes in and he says, I think Gary Bettman's in Winnipeg to hopefully get companies to invest in season tickets. Hopefully, it will increase the corporate tickets from 15% to something more comparable to other Canadian teams. Signed, Jason. Bob in Saskatoon writes in and he says, Bettman hates Winnipeg. He said it in 2011. He wants to go to Salt Lake City. He's pro-American. He goes on to say, I used to live in Winnipeg. Portage in Maine. Dale Howardchuck. Uh, I can't... I Proofread your texts, please. But it goes back, when you start talking about getting the corporate businesses to buy more season tickets, you might as well start having bake sales. Again, it's just a matter of time. And the gentleman that wrote in here and said that David Thompson wants to turn it into a business, he wants to make money, it's not a charity. I'll be honest, it reminds me a lot of my beloved Regina Pats hockey team the one for which I was the broadcaster for 20 years and grew up. They were my NHL. So I love them the way you people love the Winnipeg Jets or who, wherever you all are out there, whatever team you love, my team's the Regina Pats. But the guy that owns them now, Brandt Industries, they manufacture tractors and trailers, multi-billion dollar company, they jacked the tickets up to over $40. And while you may laugh at that and say compared to Jets tickets or Oilers tickets, it's junior hockey. And then when you can get a Panthers ticket here for 30, think about that. And what I believe is he wants to make it a moneymaker or he's not interested. He'll sell the team. And I stand on the concourse at games and talk to my friends, and they bitch about the price of tickets. Now, this was last year when Bedard was there, but he's not there anymore, and the ticket prices haven't gone down, and they bitch at me. And I said, stop bitching. You're here. You're paying it. So until you're willing to not pay it, shut your pie hole, as Biznasty said last night. And in Winnipeg, they're now saying, we can't afford to buy the tickets. And guess what the team's saying? Buy tickets or we'll be gone. I know that's quite a monologue for me. Do you have anything before I read some more comments from the viewers? No, it's a crux. And, you know, the team won't take action. Things won't change from a team perspective. Like you just said, you know, expensive tickets, cost of going to a game, concessions, all the rest. Those prices aren't going to come down unless you stop going and you stop paying and you stop buying. Um, and if that's happening then they'll have to make a decision about lowering those prices to get more people in the stands or, you know, like they're talking about, maybe not sticking around Winnipeg. 
This Elias, Elias McCracken writes in, and he says, uh, quote, if you don't buy my product, I'm going to close my business. Ridiculous. Yeah, you can say that, but it's not the same. It's an NHL team. They're saying, if you don't buy our tickets, we're leaving town. Do you understand? Joe's Bakery, if he throws up that big of a fight, you're just going to go to the next bakery down the street. Owners of sports teams can do that. And they're doing that. Do you see, Darren, where they're, they're refusing to acknowledge what's happening right before their eyes? Yeah, doesn't, you know, doesn't make it right or wrong that you know, a team is coming out and, and putting it on the fans like that. The fans are feeling, hey, like, it's not, our, it's not our team. It's not our business. We want to support the team and go to the games, but we can't afford it. You know, um, don't take our team away. Well, at the end of the day, what does everybody do? Everybody does what's best for them, right? And when cost of living gets too high and we can't afford to go to the games, we do what's best for us and we watch them on TV or we don't go. But also, you got to understand that business owner and the owners of the Jets are going to do what's best for them as well, which might be to explore other markets. You know, you hope that doesn't happen, but everybody's going to do what's best for them. It's getting real. And no amount of throwing a fit, covering your ears, stomping your feet is going to change this. If you can't afford to go, you can't afford to go. And I don't blame you. I don't go to Dolphins games. I go to one game a year. I buy a ticket for $500 US and that's 50% off. And the only reason I go is because I got friends in town that want to go. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This isn't worth this. But I pay it once a year. Comments coming in left and right. And some have to do with what movie do you stop and watch every time you see it on your cable? Jeff the Stamps fan says, got to be good fellas for me. Jason and Red Deer says, uh, my movie is Bad Boys. One, two, or three. It doesn't matter. I get up and now I'm reading the South Florida news. They're shutting down the A1A moose for like a week just north of Fort Lauderdale because they're filming Bad Boys 4. That's hot. That won't, be go that won't be going over real well. But I thought about taking Goldie down there and just doing a little putt-putt-putt, driving around, seeing if I can see Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Just see them. Because that Jeep goes everywhere, yeah. man. That's why I bought it. Darren in Utah. He says, all four major sports have priced out the average fan. I told you last week, Panthers fans here, upset that they got, they got their letter for the Panthers. Their playoff ticket prices have doubled from last year. Those $1,200 tickets are now $2,400 per seat, per game. And regarding $40 Pats tickets, where's Jason? Jason and Redger says, $40? Man. I thought Rebels tickets were high at $25. <laughs> it ain't for junior hockey. But anyways, is Josh Getzoff in? Ready to roll? Uh, okay, we're going to take a timeout. And I think Darren, oh, you got to come back for overtime. Are you okay to do that? Because we have, well, we can do it real fast. There's only four games. Bet Regal's Breakthrough Bets, NHL games tonight. Now, there's only four. Ottawa at Washington tonight, a battle of the capital teams. Who wins? Give me Ottawa. Okay, perfect, because I'm taking Washington. New York Islanders at the Dallas Stars. Who wins? Stars. Uh, me too. Approved. LA Kings at the Edmonton Oilers. Who wins? Give me the Oilers. 
Uh, I'll take the Kings just because. And Boston at Seattle, who wins? I'll take Boston. I'll take the Seattle Kraken at home. It's been a long road trip for the Bruins. Okay, now you're done. See you, Moose. Later. The radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Josh Getzoff, joins us next. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Everything I've worked for, everything I've sacrificed, has led to this. It's out of your hands now. All the gold medals in the world can help you now. You can throw the perfect rock and still miss. But it just takes one. You leave it all out there on the ice to leave behind a legacy. Are you struggling in life? perhaps feeling hopeless, or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain. It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and DM me or email petersonrecovery at aol.com. It's never too late. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. We are live on Game Plus TV across all of Canada and 31 U.S. states. Also on the radio in Atlanta, WQEE. Hey, Drew O'Connor and Ricard Raquel each scored uh, less than two minutes apart in the third period to break open a tie game. And the Pittsburgh Penguins on a, went on to beat Philadelphia 7-6 on Sunday. Sidney Crosby had a golden three assists. Josh Getzoff called the game, and it was a wild one, and he joins us today. Josh, I appreciate the time as always. And I got a question for you. As a guy that's called a hockey game or two in my day, did you run out of room on your score sheet in that 7-6 Pens win yesterday? That's terrible when that happens. That's, I thought that <laughs> wasn't just me. Yeah, is he going to hit, hit refresh, Josh, if you don't mind? We have the audio. No, we don't have the audio. And I feel like he was pulling up his score sheet. Because the old score sheets that I had when I was calling the virtual thousands of games that I did only had like 12 spots. Uh, that game yesterday in Pittsburgh at PBG Paints Arena was a broadcaster's nightmare in a lot of ways. And it harkens back to our poll question last week of what kind of hockey do you like the most? A high-scoring game, a low-scoring game, or both? And what was going on in Pittsburgh yesterday was... Uh, it was uh, a travesty for coaches. Okay, we got you, Josh. Okay, it looked like you were pulling up your score sheet. What, I was. What was it like yesterday? Yeah, hey, Rod. Good to talk to you. Yeah, this was my score sheet. Uh, pretty much full. I only had a few more brackets left there to, to try to get it going. But um, it, it took me pretty much the whole way through uh, to get everything written down there. And there was a lot of names and a lot of goals. And it went back and forth pretty much 
uh, all afternoon long. But uh, for the Penguins, it was a game they had to win, and they got it. So that was the most important thing at the end of the day. They got to win pretty much every game the rest of the way. But let me say, do, do you like a game like that? I, I'm a goalie guy, so I like low-scoring games. How, do you, how did you feel about that game and games like that? Um, I, I think from the entertainment perspective, I liked it a lot. I think from the Penguins' perspective, you would have liked to have seen a little bit more uh, constriction in their defensive side of their game. And, you know, for their flaws this year, that's actually been something that they've been pretty good at. They're top five in the league in goals against, at least going into yesterday. Their team save percentage is top five in the league. But uh, that game was, uh, let's just hope it was a blip on the radar as far as the goals allowed and the opportunities surrendered type of situation. But um, from the goal scoring perspective, Rod, I mean, I'll be honest, it was a breath of fresh air. These last few games have been honestly, for the Penguins. They've now gotten points in three straight games. You mentioned Drew O'Connor scoring. You mentioned Ricard Raquel scoring. I mean, Emil Bemstrom scores in his Penguins debut yesterday. They got Marcus Pedersen chipping in and Chris Letang. It's it's really nice to see because obviously that 87 guy continues to produce at a ridiculous rate, but he needs some help around him. And the good news is here over the last few games, that's really started to kick in. I don't know what it is, man. Every time you're on, I could talk to you for hours. And I, do, I try to be respectful of your time. I try to keep. But a lot of things come up. Like, I heard a clip from Crosby on NHL radio this morning. And maybe you were in that scrum after the game. He, he said, they asked him, what is it about games with the Flyers that are just a gong show? And he goes, it's been going on since long before I was here. Right? Is it spe- it's obviously special every time those two teams get together. Yeah, it's a different kind of feeling. I mean, I, I so th- I think that there's been a little bit of a lull the last couple of years, admittedly probably by both sides. The Flyers were on the downswing. The Penguins obviously missed the playoffs last year. So the, the juice that comes with those matchups, particularly when the calendar flips in the middle of the season, it was there because it was the Battle of Pennsylvania, but it wasn't really there because of the meaningfulness of the game as it pertained to the standings or the playoffs or anything like that. Yesterday was different. I mean, the Penguins have four games in hand on Philly, who are currently third in the Metro, and they're seven points back. So I didn't take math after I graduated high school, Rob, but I'm smart enough to know that that means that they control their own destiny to moving into third in the Metro with that win in regulation yesterday. So there was some juice in the building. There was some energy uh, between those two teams. And I think, you know, the Flyers credit in a year where a lot of people thought they would be irrelevant and another lottery team, they're playing really meaningful games and they might very well be in the playoffs when the season ends. Um, So that's kind of added a layer to this where the Penguins, as you mentioned, they're in a situation where they need to win games. They need to stack victories. So I think that kind of emphasis on the game, that energy on the game just brought a whole different kind of level of intensity yesterday. And, uh, you know, it was was a fun season series between these two teams. They split it. Penguins won two. The Flyers won two. uh, And it was probably a good barometer of just how much more even these sides are than maybe two or three years ago. We're broadcasters, so by default, we're not good at math. Uh, but we're good with words, so there's, that's something. But, exactly. you know, you, Crosby, a goal, and th- a goal and three assists, he just, he, he looks 20. He doesn't look, what is he, 38? And by contrast, I watched Ovechkin here the other night in Sunrise, and we left disappointed. It was a half-hearted effort. He was pointless. He was minus one. Whatever. Maybe it was just an off night. But there's not many nights I don't think you leave the rink going, Crosby didn't give, give his all. Has that ever happened? No, very, very rarely, at least. I mean, I, I've been now calling the games here on the radio and the TV side for 
a better part of five or six seasons, but I've been around the Penguins for a decade and uh, between pre and post game shows and everything at the ilk. And I can honestly count on one hand, the amount of times where you thought that Sidney Crosby did not give the Penguins every opportunity to, to push forward in a game. And, and it, maybe it was more so because of the team that he was playing against than his particular effort on certain nights. But uh, this guy is just, a, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say Mount Rushmore. I hesitate to say any of those top five players because his career's not done yet. But when you just look at the body of work and you look at the respect that he has from his peers, that's probably what means the most, right? Like you and I, we, we know how special he is. Fans understand how good he is. But when you hear guys like Brad Marchand, and I, I saw the quote from Trocek at the All-Star game, and we know what McKinnon thinks about him, saying this guy is the best 200-foot player in the game still. He's the guy who young players should model themselves after. To me, that gets way more merit as far as where he stands in the game than what I think or what any of us you know, outside of the rink think. If the guys that he's playing against still look at this guy at 36 years old and putting up 60 points and scoring 30-plus goals and saying, wow, this guy's legitimately still one of the best players, if not the best all-around player to still do it on a consistent basis, that holds a lot of clout for me. So, uh, I mean, I don't take any night for granted we get to see him in action. And to your point, I think as some of these other guys of his generation uh, I don't want to say have faded, but have seen you know Father Time catch up just a little bit. Where Sidney Crosby maybe would have had that happen to him, it, it simply hasn't. It's his work ethic, it's his drive. I mean, that part I do see every day because I watch him every day in practice. I'm um, in Vancouver right now where they're going to skate here in the next little bit, and I would bet he's one of the first guys off the ice. I would bet he's one of the last guys off the ice, even fresh after, as you mentioned, that four-point game against Philly yesterday. I, I won't keep you much longer. I just, I, I guess the burning question I have is how important do you think it is to Kyle Dubas to make the playoffs in year one? Because he was brought in to save the day. Uh, and, and because <laughs> of that, does that, do you expect him to be active here before the deadline? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And I think, you know, it's easy to say because we've been saying, we kind of been laughing about it on the broadcast side the last little bit, that every game is the, the biggest game of the season or this week is the biggest stretch of the season. With that being said, this is their biggest stretch of the season because they have Vancouver on Tuesday, Seattle on Thursday, and then a back-to-back with Calgary and Edmonton Saturday, Sunday, before they go back to Pittsburgh for a three-game homestand. So I think this trip is going to really be the barometer going into March as far as where they're at in the standings, what kind of ground, if any, they need to make up, what kind of ground is realistic to make up. Uh, and then Kyle can kind of make his decisions from there. But, you know, to his own admission, things haven't played out how he dreamed it would. I mean, Eric Carlson is picking up points, but there, there are flaws in his game that have hurt the Penguins this year. Let's just call it for what it is. I think when you look at Ryan Graves, he hasn't panned out initially to what they expected him to be in the sense of a top four defenseman who would eat a lot of minutes. Um, I think Lars Eller has been a perfect addition. Ditto for Noel Achari. Um, but Matt Nieto has been hurt. He hasn't really found his rhythm here. Riley Smith was hurt. And he's had an up and down season after a real fast start. So um, the, the pieces haven't all fit. I don't think how he dreamed they would or how we all thought they would or hoped they would. Uh, but the good news is, like I mentioned, they're still in a position here where there is some optimism and there is some hope. Uh, and, you know, I was talking uh, to Paul Staggerwald, who we all know, uh, called Penguins games for a long time. And he said that he was at Penguins practice the other day and Sidney Crosby kind of looked over at him. And he said, you know, we still have a chance here. 
And I, I believe that that trickles down to the rest of the team. I think they really believe that they can get in and they have a chance to get in. And even though it looks like, and there is a big gap between them and the cut line right now, it can be made up with these games in hand. Of course, easier said than done when you're facing teams like Vancouver and Edmonton and Calgary in the next week. Um, but that's the challenge. And that's going to be the opportunity in front of them here as this next week uh, goes down and uh, the records. Well, it's a wonderful Penguins update. Josh, thanks for fitting us in. Uh, appreciate it. Enjoy the West Coast. Thanks, Rod. I'll talk to you soon. Josh gets off the radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. When we come back, overtime for our friends at Overtime Hockey Lanes in Calgary, a sports update, an audience takeover. One more time, we're live on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Everything I've worked for, everything I've sacrificed, has led to this. It's out of your hands now. All the gold medals in the world can't help you now. You could throw the perfect rock and still miss, but it just takes one. You leave it all out there on the ice to leave behind a legacy. You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Away we go. And Overtime is brought to you by our friends. Conveniently enough and coincidentally enough at Overtime Hockey Lanes in Calgrano. Randy and Michelle are watching right now. Hi, guys. Hope you guys had a great weekend over there at Overtime Hockey Lanes and were busy. Just go check them out, everybody. They got day camps for the kids, skills competitions, office parties, family parties, team parties, fully licensed bar and restaurant. Uh, <laughs> as our guy Joe said, where else would you want a place called Overtime Hockey Lanes to be but Calgary, the hockey capital? 28th Street Northeast, just a slap shot away from the old Crossroads flea market. Tell them Rod sent you. Um, I will jump into a sports update here in a second, but this Jets ownership thing really got accelerated, exacerbated by Mark Chipman on Friday when he said it's not sustainable the way things are going. It's got everybody freaking out in Winnipeg, but it's not going to change the economics of the dollars. Do you think you're going to convince Chipman and his partner David Thompson otherwise that they're wrong? Glenn in Medicine Hat writes in, and says, why do Canadian hockey fans feel obliged to dole out financial advice to NHL ownership groups? I know, right? Allie and Texarkana writes in. She says, great show as always. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, my friends. Just hang on, Allie, before you leave. We are reminded of our mortality. I've got a poll up at our uh, Instagram page for the Cats and Bolts podcast, Serena and my show on the Panthers and Lightning, and I put the poll up there. It's similar to what our poll question is today. Who's the greatest USA-born hockey player of all time? Mike Medano, Patrick Kane. I put Chelios up in the Instagram poll. On ours here on this show, it's Ronick or other. And leading the way right now is Patrick Kane. 
and they're wrong because the best USA player ever is Mike Medano. But I'm sitting here, I'm looking because I personally know the people voting on our poll on Instagram. That's what I love about Instagram. You can see who's watching, see who's voting, and they're all youth hockey kids here in Florida that never even saw Medano play. It's such a shame, but it's a thing that we need to remember. I guess that's why we need to remember the greats, remember the alumni, honor the past. The teams don't do it, but we'll do it. Regarding Chipman threatening people, buy tickets or we're moving. And people are upset about that. My Dale Mike writes in on the Sober Carpenter text line, 902-518-3033, and says, uh, businesses close all the time because people quit buying the product. They're not entitled to, you're not entitled to buy hockey tickets to watch the Jets. And they're not entitled to have a team there if they're not making money at it. It's sad, but it's the way it is. Wilf and Steinbach, Manitoba is watching on Game Plus TV. And he says, hi, Rod and Moose. As the salary caps go up, fans will pay or stop going to the games. Small markets are doomed. Did you see the NFL salary cap went up over the weekend? $30.6 million. What was I talking about earlier? These tickets here in Miami are $1,000, some of them. $1,000. And I'm just like, no, I could pay for it. I'm not. This is stupid. But as long as fans, I mean, like I say it, I go to the games, people are in my face bitching about the cost of tickets. I'm like, you bought them. Sports update, the Toronto Blue Jays, who lost 12-6 to the Yankees Sunday and 14-13 to the Phillies on Saturday, will be looking for a win and aiming to cut down on the runs against when they face the Pittsburgh Pirates this afternoon in Dunedin. Meanwhile, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers announced today this club has signed American receiver K.J. Hill. He is the all-time leading of uh, the receptions leader at OSU, Ohio State. Broke the record previously held by David Boston. Debo. Sports update brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. As always, in theaters now, anyone but you. I just checked on the weekend. It's still there. Maybe I'll check that out today. Starring Alexandra Ship and Glenn Powell. Check out their all-new bonus content. In theaters now, Landmark Cinemas, anyone but you. And, of course, brought to you as well by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. A big thank you to Josh Getzoff and James Roberts, and you, of course, for tuning in. Let's just hope for better days for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll do it all again tomorrow, noon Eastern, right here. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.